Hello everyone! Welcome aboard to Thundercode's non-profit Digital Voyage, a show where we talk about tech, social and public good, and how you can get involved. I'm your host, Timelia, and I hope everyone can sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. If you're ready, let's set sail! And now, on to our episode. Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode. I am joined today with the assistant manager from my Harapine. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi everyone, um, my name is Sharina, uh, Sharina Hisham, and I am the assistant manager of the Integrated Marketing Communications Department. And mm-hmm. I, yep, so I overlook all of the business development work of my Harapine. Nice, nice. Welcome, welcome. And um, yeah, just to start things off, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, your background, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So before you joined My Harapan or maybe like the non-profit scene in general, were you always part of the, like in terms of finding work, were you always part of the non-profit scene or did you make a switch from another line of career entirely? Uh, okay, oh, interesting uh, question. Um, so... I won't say I actually switch uh, because it is something that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe I can just start with when I was much younger. I used to volunteer a lot. I am very involved with Kiwanis and oh. I also did sign language. Um, oh. Yes. Are you, are you fluent? <laughs> no, I'm not. So I got to pick it up again. Um, I'm very yeah. fluent with the spelling, with the uh, alphabets and some oh. signs of certain words, but I have to pick it up again. So it is something that I fiercely want to try and uh, practice again. But, mm. um, you know, I've been doing it for two weeks and then I stop and then two weeks and stop. So I have to find time <laughs> and see how I can do, uh, continue. Yeah. But basically, um, how I ended up with Mahirapan is, um, I think because I was working, uh, sorry, I was actually studying in Australia before. Oh. Uh, I was yeah, I did my degree there and then after my um, degree, I actually uh, applied for permanent residency to work in Australia just to gain experience. So mm-hmm. at the beginning, yep, at the beginning, I, w- I thought that maybe whatever I learned there, I can bring it back to Malaysia. But then while I was working and while I was studying, I noticed something about the youth there, you know, mm-hmm. even my friends. So um, there are certain things that triggered my thinking like... Ah, this is something that, you know, we should, um, something that I should tackle. Like, um, I do see a lot of youth having the platform or opportunities given mm-hmm. to them, but they don't take it up to uh, immerse themselves or learn from that experience. So mm-hmm. it is that has stuck with me um, ever since I was there studying as well as when I was working. So when mm-hmm. I came to Malaysia, I thought, of um, looking for an organization to work with that is mm-hmm. youth-centric, but I couldn't find any. So um, I ended up working for a company that is um, converting cars from uh, petrol to natural gas. Mm-hmm. So it's very different from what I studied. I actually studied accounting, but because... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because that always happens. <laughs> yeah, that always, that's true, because... When I was working there, while I was waiting for my PR, I did, I did accounting and management information system. So, because mm. at that time, they wanted accountants, so I applied. But while applying, I did part-time work, uh, which is um, uh, pro- uh, uh, according to the re- requirements given by the visa, of course. Mm-hmm. So, that is the time when I discovered my talent, what I'm good at. And accounting is uh, something that... I'm not so passionate about it. I'm good at it, but I'm not passionate mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why. So when I came back, um, I thought of wanting to become a motivational speaker. I just oh. wanted to share with the youth uh, what I've learned, you know, working there, being, uh, you know, uh, immersing myself in, uh, you know, studying overseas because I, I still have my um, family friend, you know, like... Uh, you know, and, and I learned a lot from them as well. And it's not just them. There are other international students that I'm friends with, that I learned from them. And I feel that this is something that we should encourage, not shy away from, you know. So that's what I, that's what I wanted to do. But then I couldn't find any NGO that is youth-centric. So after a year and a half, suddenly I came across my Harapan on Job Street. 
and I just went like, okay, this is it. This is what I wanted to. I want. I want to do. I want to do. And so I applied, and I've been with Marapan for the last eleven years now. Wow. <laughs> Have you been with My Harapan since like the beginning, or <laughs> My Harapan uh, was established in 2010, so mm. I joined May 2011. So oh. they, they established in August 2010. I came in May 11th, May uh, 2011. So yeah, almost almost uh, as old as they were established, but yeah. Wow, that's really that's really inspiring. Um, yeah, actually, I'll I'll talk about this in in a little bit. But before we go to that question, um, maybe you can also talk, you know, explain to our listeners what exactly is my harapan and like what's the history behind the establishment, if you know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, you know, because my harapan has been around for twelve years, so there mm-hmm. are milestones, and you know, we pivot a lot as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. Just. Let me just start. Uh, let me just share on how we first started. So, mm-hmm. yeah, basically, Mahapun was founded by five passionate individuals. They were passionate with and on entrepren about entrepreneurship and youth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So these five founding members. Uh, so our CEO Nurfarini Daing, she is one of the founding members um, who is still with Mahapun. The rest has gone into their own other ventures because they are entrepreneurs, right? Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so what happened was um, they uh, they started talking these like-minded indi- individuals. They started talking and they thought, let's do something for the youth because at that time there was no organization that focuses on youth development. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what they did was they gathered about thirty to thirty-five like-minded youth in uni- who are still in uh, universities and college. Mm-hmm. Um, The ones who are, um, you know, into academics as well as into social initiatives. So yeah. they gather, yeah. So they gather these uh, students or these youth and had a focus group discussion with them. They asked, uh, they delve, uh, they dive into, you know, what are their passion and about, you know, why did they start doing these initiatives? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they asked. Uh, they also f- found out that uh, what are the sort of things. Uh, the youth would want if, let's say, an organization was established. So mm-hmm. this is where the interesting part uh, is at because the essence of Maharapan is from the youth itself. So mm. they talked, yep. So they talked about having a platform whereby they can talk about policies, whereby they can talk about ideas without being judged, without being shut down. You know, it's a safe platform for them to voice their opinions. Um, Uh, it's a, a platform where they can connect with governments and corporates and talk about and share about ideas and challenges and see if they can work together. So this is one of the things that they wanted. Number mm. two, yes. So the other one is uh, they mentioned about capacity building. You know, in universities and in colleges, there are some uh, things that they are uh, that they are not taught. Like for example, how do you leverage with the media? Um, you know, how do you manage project, project management, stuff like that? So, um, so it's more of like capacity building. So they are looking at capacity building outside of university. And the final one, what they mentioned was an organization where it's easier for them to look at when they want to look for funding, because. They do have ideas. They have initiatives that they want to do, but uh, funding is a problem. So they aren't mm-hmm. sure of how can they get the funding. I mean, of course, there's sponsorship. You know, there's fundraising activities, mm-hmm. but they also want to look at an organization where there is a pool of funds, and then they can come to with proposal, and then um, you know get some funding lah, basically. So, mm-hmm. so the, uh, the basis of Maripan is these three uh, pillars. And that three pillars is still around today, but we have pivoted in terms of program and how we do it. So, uh, in a nutshell, it's very long introduction, but that was the history, lah, kan? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, in a nutshell, my harapan is a not-for-profit organization, uh, organization, and our focus is youth development. But mm-hmm. yes, but there's a but. We Use social entrepreneurship or social business as a tool to develop the youth. Mm-hmm. Ah, so um, the reason why we use social business is because 
you know, we want to ensure, because at the end of the day, it's youth development. We want to ensure, our mission is to ensure that the youth, um, you know, to pro, uh, to uh, develop youth to be more independent, uh, to be wholesome and independent. So how we do it is through providing them options or choices and opportunities. So through social entrepreneurship, where they are entrepreneurs, as well as, um, you know, looking at social impact, uh, mm-hmm. where we, combine it, that, uh, we combine these two so we can have a uh, um, socially conscious individual who is wholesome, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, if they were to become social entrepreneurs, they are able to provide job opportunities. They are able to include the, uh, you know, beneficiaries, the underserved communities. Um, if they were to work with corporate, they are also um, socially responsible decision makers. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they have that kind of mindset. So, uh, I see. I see. Yeah. Um, I can definitely, how do you say, um, empathize with that. Um, Mission, I guess, because uh, like I mentioned, uh, well, just uh, as, as a refresher to our listeners, Tender Code, we do have a similar mission. So I, I am able to empathize what you just mentioned, and I mm-hmm. really, yeah. Awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, thanks for that. Uh, and you've also mentioned that, um, you know, my Harapan has been around for 12 years now. So that's, that means yeah. that you, you've passed basically your 10th anniversary as well. Yes. So yeah, so it's been more than 10 years since, you know, the establishment and more than 10 years for you being at Har- my Harapan. So, um, I guess, like, how do you feel, uh, you know, being able to witness my Harapan achieving such a milestone and to see yourself being with my Harapan and getting this far when you first started or has it always been like a sort of like a long-term goal kind of situation? Uh, I never thought that I would stay with my Harapan this long because, I mean, uh, I don't jump uh, uh, work anyway. Um, <laughs> previously, <laughs> previously when I was working in Australia, uh, also I at least stayed with the company for three years and then <laughs> maximum five. But this is the longest I've been with lah because I am happy. I <laughs> love what I do, and every year there's always something new with my Harapan that I get excited about. So sometimes, uh, Imelda, I uh, sorry, Emilia, <laughs> I forget that I am. A youth plus plus. I'm no longer youth, you know. Can <laughs> <laughs> I youth, youth? Yes, but no, I'm a youth plus plus. But yeah, I get excited every time. So, um, but to tell you honestly, being with my Harapan, I cannot believe that we actually last, lasted this long. Like, I mean, uh, not in a bad way, but uh, I didn't expect that, uh, you know, without LinkedIn, I guess I can mention uh, that. You know, the anniversaries, you know, being with Mahapan, I'm like, oh, wow, I've been with Mahapan for six years. And then, wow, ten years, you know. So, mm-hmm. I didn't expect that I, I would last this long. But, um, like I said, I am excited. There's always something that uh, I'm excited about. Um, you know, and especially having developed partnerships, uh, you, know, uh, you know, getting to know the partners throughout the years. Developing relationships, de- developing partnerships. Even, you know, there are some partners that are with us still until today. Uh, you know, uh, there was there are some of them who did not. Uh, you know, th- it's normal. You know, when we knock on doors, there's always like is a no no at the beginning, and then yes. we kept we keep on going. Yeah. So we've had we have partners like that. That it was a no in the beginning, and then they started saying yes, and they are still our partners now. So I love seeing that and that is what I appreciate as well you know because they can see the work that we do and um, the impact that we are created uh, we have created together with them and usually with our partners we like it uh, we like uh, for them to be more hands-on we involve our partners um, in any way we can so that's one thing I love uh, seeing how the relationship has grown you know, um, even and and also, may, if I can just say that some partners have also um, changed their uh, objectives. So maybe whatever that they want to do is not as aligned with us. So they don't actually they don't necessarily support us anymore. But we're still we still have that relationship going on. So that's what I like. Uh, mm. And it, and it's not just with me; it's for, with the whole of my Harapan team. So that's just wonderful. And in terms of youth, that is another story. Um, you know, youth usually come and go, but right. 
Uh, ever since we started, there are still some youth that we still communicate with, we still engage with. You know, some of them have become fathers and mothers. You know, so we attend their weddings even. You know, so that's just oh, wonderful. Oh wow! Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I'm still happy that my husband is around, and but uh, I'm hopeful to explore, uh, you know, with new partners for the future of my husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean. Yeah, because like as you mentioned, especially youth these days, it's kind of like normal for them to like you know change jobs every two years or so. So, yep. and it's it's like you know when you reach the like ten anniversary, it's, it's it's a very like a big milestone even for yourself as an individual. And yeah, I can't right. <laughs> I can't imagine how it feels like you know for the team as well. So yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, you know, just as uh, information to our listeners, we do we did share a few conversations together through emails. Where um, the last email that you sent me, you, you previously mentioned that you know you're really busy with a couple of programs. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. So may I know what are these programs, and maybe you can introduce oh, like sure. um, other programs that my heart fund currently have as well. Yes. Sure. Sure. Um, so maybe I'll just I'll just share a little bit about what. Um, the sort of programs that we do, and mm-hmm. I'll dive I'll dive into the program that we just launched. That maybe we can share it with the youth out there. Yes. Okay. Yep. So basically, um, uh, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, we have um the funding department, we have um the academy, and also research actually. So uh, basically, under the academy is where all of the cap- capability um, building efforts happen. So we have workshops that we uh, provide. Uh, the workshops are different, but it all uh, is around. It surrounds um, capacity building, whereby you know it's about mindset, it's about mental toughness, it's about uh, mm-hmm. you know developing ideas, developing proposals. Uh, we have social business book camps. There's also a workshop for ideation. Uh, we also conduct um, uh, social impact measurement workshops. Um, using theory of change, how to achieve those impacts so that, you know, it will be more meaningful, uh, the work that you do will be more meaningful. Um, we also conduct summit or conferences. This is where we provide that platform for the youth to have conversations with government agencies, ministries, or even corporates. So, uh, you know, there is just some of the programs that we do. Um, you can find out more on our website, of course. But... Um, yeah, so the two new programs that uh, we've just launched is um, called Ready and Suri. So, <clears throat> so this Suri program is actually um, social entrepreneurship for rural mm-hmm. youth. Oh. Yes. So uh, this is actually a program together with the Ministry of Youth and Sports. And um, our strategic partner is also UNDP and also Ministry of Rural Development. So... Um, this program or SERI is actually targeted to empower rural youth to be part of the solution to the social issues in their community mm-hmm. through social business. So basically mm-hmm. what we want is to encourage the social, uh, sorry, uh, what we want is to encourage the youth in those, com- in the rural communities to become social entrepreneurs so that they can solve the social issues or any social need in their community because at the end of the day, they are the ones who are in the community, so they know what is needed. So mm-hmm. that, uh, so that's that we touch shots basically, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's true. Um, that's true, actually. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, this program uh, is actually a six months program. So, what we want to provide the youth uh, in the rural youth is that a platform for them to ideate solutions for the community and encourage entrepreneurship as well, whereby. Um, you know, by doing social entrepreneurship, they can sustain the business that they're doing um, and ensure that the change that they want to achieve. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so this program uh, is a six months program. It's not just an ideation program. At the end of the day, they will be given, not at the end of the day, but in between, within the six months, uh, they will be given some seed money, uh, not much, uh, but enough for them to validate their ideas. So that, um, you know, at the, uh, what we want is to provide them with a platform, a safe platform for them to test out their ideas to see whether or not um, this idea and this business, whether or not it's um, 
uh, does it provide any impact does it provide any income are they able to uh, conduct this um, to continue this after the program so they will be given at least three months to conduct this validation and then after that validation they will come back and pitch or share with that amount of seed money that they've received what are the sort of um, solutions that they have provided for the community and what are the sort of impact or even income that they have uh, generated from within that three months. So our hope is after this program, once they have uh, done uh, or implemented their ideas, we want them to be able to see that they can do this. It's a, like um, a boost of confidence, like, oh, I can do this, lah. so maybe I can continue. So at the end of the day, we want them to continue this uh, so that they can achieve whatever change that they want. So that is the platform that we're providing. It's called Suri. So it's a safe place for them to test their ideas. Mm, I see, yeah. I see. And the other one? Yeah, the other one is um, is actually uh, with Yayasan Peneraju. Uh, is actually an agency under the Prime Minister's Department, um, special duties, I, I would say. So their focus is to strengthen the capacity building towards sustainable uh, talent. But the program that we are doing with Yasa Padaraju is very specific to uh, youth uh, 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 in the, from the PWD community, which is the persons with uh, different abilities or uh, disability, right? Mm-hmm. PWDs, yep. So the program ready is called resilient and economically empowered youth. Um, I, yeah, and this uh, this program it's more of a skill based uh, specialization training. It's not to create social entrepreneurs, but it's to give them skills so that uh, the PWDs have skills. Uh, and but we are also providing them the option. Of, uh, apart from the of, apart from providing them the skills, we provide them option to become a social entrepreneur and also to enter gig economy. So we want to open their eyes on what's out there so that they can at least uh, at the end of the program are able to uh, not generate, some may be generate, but some to receive an income of 1,200 at the minimum. Mm. I know, I know that the current minimum is now 1,005, which is great. But um, when we were talking about this program, uh, what we wanted, uh, the, the target or the objective is to at least, uh, um, you know, uh, ensure that they uh, can start uh, generating or receive an income uh, of 1,200 a month. Mm-hmm. So that is a one program. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, How, I mean, I know, like, What sparked the idea behind these two programs, especially um, Surrey, where you target like rural um, youth? Which uh-huh. I think is very unique because like there's not many programs that really specifically target rurals, r- rural youth. Yeah. So, what sparked the idea be- behind this um, the two programs that you just mentioned? Yeah. Okay. So there's two different stories here <laughs> because it's two yeah. different partners. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But with Surrey, actually, um, we have been doing this sort of competition since 2014 actually um, and yes yeah, so we've been doing it uh, with different partners yearly uh, except for the last two years for uh, during the pandemic because mm-hmm. there's no way for the participants to implement their ideas on the ground because of the pandemic right so right yeah but from the uh, from 2014 af- uh, after we hosted the first global social business summit in Malaysia we actually um, it was part of the um, uh, pledge for us to continue to develop more social business entrepreneurs in Malaysia. So how we do it is through this competition. So since 2014, we've been doing this competition. We've uh, you know, um, created awareness about social business through the competition. Uh, we've developed entrepreneurs through this competition. Um, and then, and usually, these competitions are for, it's open to everyone. It's open mm-hmm. nationwide for the whole of Malaysia. And um, uh, the participants are usually, um, uh, how do you say, urban urbanites, as well, uh, urbanites mm-hmm. who have ideas, uh, who wants to be part of the solution for the communities in, uh, in different areas. 
So they don't, they are not necessarily, uh, they don't necessarily come from the community, but these ideas or these solutions that they provide are for some um, uh, different beneficiaries. Some for single mothers, some for the underserved communities in maybe the urban poor community. So it's different target um, segments. So, but with the competition, we have never done very specific targeted to rural youth. So with KBS, uh, the Kementerian Billion Sukan or Ministry of Youth and Sport, it is their objective to focus on uh, developing the youth in the rural. So that's mm-hmm. why um, the target this year is very specific to rural. So that's how it came about. Mm-hmm. I see. So instead of opening to everybody, uh, this one is very special. But just so you know, before this, with different partners, uh, 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 the years before, first we opened it nationwide, and then mm-hmm. uh, with different partners, we've opened it for Sarawak only. We have done mm-hmm. for Sabah only because they don't really get these opportunities there. No, 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 they they don't really. Yes, no. yes, that's right. So we found partners who are willing to um, co- uh, conduct this program. Uh, I mean, to sup- uh, su- support us with uh, through this program for the youth in Sarawak and in Sabah separately. So we've done that already. So uh, this time uh, is actually the Ministry of Youth and Sport. They wanted to focus on rural. So that's mm. how we but, yeah. I see, I see. Yep. And as for Ready, uh, the one with Yasa Pradaraju, I, I, I would say that uh, we were very lucky because uh, one of the things that we have not touched uh, in engaging uh, from my Harapan side is the those youth who are disabled it is uh, it is a community that we want to tap into and we've never uh, done any programs with them and so happened when we spoke to Yasa Penaraju one of the one of the segments that they want or the demographic of youth that they want to uh, conduct or have programs with are the PWD so uh, mm-hmm. Through that conversation, we developed the ideas. Uh, what they, what's their objective? What is our, uh, you know, I, sort of program idea? So it was actually a one-year discussion last year with mm-hmm. this. Yeah, and finally we finalized it, and we've just launched it lah uh, this July. So that's how nice. it came about. Yeah, nice. and it's all about find, it's all about finding the right partner. Partner, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when you told me about the that you did the HD programs of um the youth in Sarawak, that really caught my attention because mm-hmm. um my hometown is from Sarawak. So oh, okay. Yeah, and um I can say from my own experience, like um this kind of activity is hard to come by in Sarawak. Mm-hmm. You really have to look for it. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that there's like there was an effort to reach for that. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you so much. No, because. Uh, like I said, we have been when we first started doing um, my Harapan work. You know, we see certain things and we pivot. So we do see that there's not many participations from Sabah and Sarawak when we do the competition nationwide. So I, and and usually, um, to tell you honestly, when we get submissions or proposals, um, the ones from Sabah Sarawak are actually even more uh, interesting because they. They really want it. They really want it, you know. So they mm-hmm. want to do something for themselves and the community. So the ideas is out of this world, I would say. You know? So that's why <laughs> we make it a point to try and find partners who can just focus Sabah saja and then Sarawak saja, you know. Yes, yes. And, and, and we've met many interesting uh, in- individuals in Sabah and Sarawak. We were so happy. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope there's more activities like that in Sabah oh, and Sarawak. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So you know, um, like you mentioned. So uh, just to basically just to summarize what you just said. Um, my heart. What they basically do, they want to empower the youth in Malaysia through various activities. And um, while I was like, you know, researching you know, what, what exactly kind of activities that you do, some of the ones that caught my attention was the uh, social, like the one that you mentioned was social business um, workshops and boot camps where you kind of equip them with tools and practices so they can contribute to like a social issue as a social intra- entrepreneur. Yeah. So, um, Based on your observation and like you know your years of experience uh, with my, husband, um, what is the level of awareness among youth in regard to the various social issues that exist in Malaysia? Uh, the mm. level of an, an awareness? Yes, yes. 
Okay, so basically, um, oh, okay, this is a good one actually. Um, when we first started, you know, um, the level of uh, awareness about social issues, I would say quite is is actually quite very. I don't want to say quite low. It's actually very low. I would say. <laughs> yeah. For example, ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. For example, you know, there is this community who are um, above average on the left side of the area, and then there's a urban poor community on the right side of the area. Mm-hmm. For example, yeah, they don't know, even you know, uh, they they are not aware of the existence of the urban poor communities. For example, mm. you know, so when they don't know the existence of that, they don't know what are the sort of issues that um, these uh, people are going through and stuff like that. So, mm. you know, yeah. So uh, when we first started, to tell you honestly, uh, Amelia, um, our programs were more focused on creating that awareness. We were uh, trying to put the two different groups together and understand each other so that they can have empathy so mm. that they can have uh, so that the other group can build trust in the other group and stuff like that so um i would say uh, those days i would say very um low awareness about you know what's the current uh, social issues around that's yes. happening yeah so what 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 they see is just what's on television like the rampage and what not yes, but yes. Yeah, but they don't see any other issues like maybe, uh, you know, the um, single mothers or at-risk youth who are homeless, uh, you know, uh, many different other things. But it is definitely growing for sure. In the last mm-hmm. 10 years, yes. there are there are a lot of youth who are more, you know, they 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 want to be doing something for the community. Uh, you know, they are more passionate to helping um, uh, communities. I mean, I won't say 100%, but it has grown for sure. Mm. So, um, and for those that we have engaged, definitely, at least they understand the basics of what are the social issues. So sometimes when we do ideation uh, workshops, we talk about, uh, we talk about and we share what are the social issues in Malaysia, for example, so that they open their eyes a little bit. So, and then uh, the other part of the workshop is try and think about what are the, uh, what are the uh, other issues that you can think about, that you can think of, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say it's growing for sure. Yep. Yeah, I definitely feel like um, at least youth nowadays as compared to like several years ago, they're definitely more socially conscious and like... Um, opinionated because like obviously even it's not just social issues it's more like um if they consume media for example they tend to think more critically about that so i mm-hmm. think yeah, it really reflects on the change of mindset in the youth nowadays but yeah the reason why i ask that is because um you know because before you equip them with the tools and practices i think it's important mm-hmm. what exactly can they contribute to so yeah and with the how the non-profit scene like operate in malaysia right now it does it does make me wonder like how aware are they of the things around them going on around them so mm-hmm. yeah it's good to know that um the youth nowadays they are more socially aware i would feel yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. uh and another thing uh moving on another thing that caught my attention um because uh my harapan um is them various skills mm-hmm. and um, you know to equip them make situations and um <laughs> to have, there are two things there are two specific skills that really caught my attention because okay. like they're not very common among all the skill workshops I've seen before and that is okay. how to deal with difficult customers one mm-hmm. and all and how to build mental toughness or like say mental resilience so mm-hmm. I like I mentioned I find it very unique because not a lot of um I don't I don't feel like a lot of people offer this really specifically so what made you mm-hmm. say you know out of the skills out there why you know these two skills yeah Okay, uh, good question as well. <laughs> okay, now uh, how do I put this? Yeah, mm, I think uh, I think the reason why, I, like I said, we uh, this mental toughness uh, or um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, coaching that we do, it didn't start at the beginning. We pivot according to the needs that we see that is needed. Uh, within the youth, so that's how it came about. So basically, throughout the years that we've been, you know, um, doing programs with the youth, uh, apart from conducting the program and observing, and also seeing the changes in, 
the interest and how they uh, uh, what do you call it um, communicate and react and act uh, their behaviors. Uh, there are also partners who are corporates and uh, other organizations that talk about the challenges that they face with the mm-hmm. youth nowadays. So mm-hmm. that's how uh, this come about. So um, we do provide business coaching, uh, we do uh, corporate counseling uh, as because we do have in-house um, counselors who are certified to do this sort of um, activities. So mm-hmm. uh, some corporates who have employees with um, issues that they want to uh, uh, provide assistance with, they, they do come to us as well. Um, so and then one of the things that we realize in terms of entrepreneurship especially Mm-hmm. Mental, uh, you know, understanding their mental toughness is really important. So that's why, um, you know, we ha- we do have. Um, I won't I won't say there is a course in terms of men- uh, mental resilience, but whenever we conduct a program, especially with entrepreneurs, um, uh, not 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 ideation type of uh, entrepreneurs who is who are just about to start businesses or their entrepre- uh, enterprise. But the ones who are already a social entrepreneur or who are already an entrepreneur, these are mm. the ones that we want to be talking to. And these are the ones that we provide um, a mental toughness program uh, as a module embedded into our programs. Ah. So, uh, so um, the reason why we do this and is usually a one is actually a one on one uh, type of uh, program. They are work, you know, for example, they're uh, a six months program. So within six days, we conduct uh, certain types of workshop, you know, business model covers, impact management, blah, 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 project mm-hmm. management. But there will be a slot that we will have one on one sessions with the entrepreneurs to talk about, uh, um, you know, uh, to talk about not their mental struggles, but it's more of like how to cope. With challenges, uh, understanding what are their goals. So mm-hmm. this session is more on talking about their focus, how to uh, uh, their composures. Uh, basically, uh, it's a session giving them the tools to help them deal or cope with any stresses that they have. So I think that's very important because sometimes they don't uh, they don't necessarily need necessarily know how to deal with certain things. Um, you know, we have met entrepreneurs who. Uh, break down when uh, you know some problems happen when in fact it's actually a small thing but it's just how they deal with it they just get overwhelmed so that's where we come in in terms of giving them the right tools uh, to mm. help them deal and cope with their stresses hmm. okay alright yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and also I'll just uh, uh, may I, if I, I just want to add that the why this skill is because at the end of the day through this, understanding their own uh, focus and their goals and how to compose themselves and deal with uh, stress and cope with it, is for them to make uh, decisions better. Uh, mm. Also for them to be able to focus on their goal. Uh, that's why we focus on this uh, mental resilience or mental mm. health sessions. Yeah. I guess in relation to that statement, um, how do you think that um, you know, the skills that you teach them, right? How can, how do you think the youths can extend the skills beyond, say, like, um, for entrepreneurship purposes or corporate settings? How do you mm-hmm. think use the skills outside of that? Yeah. Oh, um, I think, I think this is not for not just for entrepreneurs. Uh, this can be used in anybody's day-to-day life. You know, mm-hmm. be it personal or social setting, uh, because nowadays we have a lot of uh, what do you call it? Um, it's all about social media. It's all about uh, you know being online, but mm-hmm. there's no interpersonal, not so much interpersonal skills, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a skill that can be practiced anywhere to strengthen their inner ability to perform efficiently, whether at home, in a social setting, or even at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah. Um, right. And my next question is, um, you know, how do you go about? Uh, I'm curious is how do you drive youth engagement you know for both your programs and mm-hmm. also contributing to the social issues that you mentioned in general yeah, yeah. so um, there's few ways of course one is social media yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think because because the youth is on social media so we gotta go on the social media of course you know so mm-hmm. Facebook we have Facebook we have Twitter 
um, Instagram and now we have TikTok too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yes, but we don't have much content for TikTok. Maybe not yet. We have to think uh, more about that then. Uh, but yeah, we also do blogs. Um, but certain platforms we've already, I won't say stop, but um, we don't uh, promote or use it as much as Facebook and Instagram. But we also work with government agencies and corporates and other agencies. Uh, that's how we engage with the youth. Uh, but most of the time, it's uh, social media, actually. Mm, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because especially now, social media is just everywhere, I guess. You yes, can't really, correct. You can't really escape it. <laughs> <laughs> correct, yes. <laughs> right. And um, in regards to this, like, um, I guess because you did say, like, it's not really like a a course just specifically for the skill you kind of like integrate in all your programs so I, I do wonder like how do you um, you know when you teach them the skills right how do you measure the effectiveness of it like how do you ensure that they learn and not only learn about it but they also like that they can practice what they learn yeah mm-hmm. okay um, so you um, our workshops are usually very hands-on it's very interactive and hands-on. We make it fun, basically, because mm-hmm. youth, youth, you know, they want it to be fun. They want it to be short and sweet. So our workshops are usually um, in that way. So we'll teach them and they will work in groups. We'll teach them and we'll work in groups. So um, whatever that they learn, they have to practice it uh, by doing it. So, oh. re- yeah, so they do it immediately. And when they do it, uh, we also assign one facilitator for each team so that whatever that they do, uh, they they can also refer to the facilitator who is there. So that's mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So that's one. Number two, um, for example, after the workshops, how do we ensure that they um, actually implement it is through, we usually have um, at least a three months uh, connection uh, or engagement with them to ensure that they conduct or they implement whatever that they've learned and they can still ask us on um, whatever information that they need, you know. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. learning pro- it's a learning process. So, we always have an exit plan. So, we uh, once we see that they understand what they're doing, so we correct them and then so we leave. But when I say leave, we don't necessarily leave and let go. Mm-hmm. They still communicate with us every once in a blue moon just to, you know, and then we also connect them with other industry experts sometimes. So that's how we want to ensure to see um, how they ha- uh, how they grow and develop themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how often are your programs actually? Like, do you have them all year round or is it just certain seasons? Or Okay, it's actually uh, all year round. So our calendars are usually very full, and then. <laughs> so, but 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 I'll have to say my husband is very focused on work-life balance. So uh, we work hard, but we play hard too. So we get our holidays. <laughs> so like, <laughs> if we work over the weekends, it's added onto our um, uh, annual leave, so we can take longer leave and stuff like that. But um, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I forgot see. about the question. <laughs> Because uh, I was just wondering, like, um, if 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 you wanna, you know, they're interested to in join you, right? Like, yep. is there like a specific time of year that they should like pay attention? Oh, okay. to? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it 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 differs. Uh, it differs actually because we always have programs running. So, mm-hmm. like for example, we've just uh, finished uh, one program which started early of the year, mm-hmm. and then there's another program that we started last year, but um, we. That program evolved to another program, to another program which is not, which has not ended yet, but it will end next week. And mm. then, Suri and uh, Ready started. You know, it launched in ah. uh, July. So it's sort of like non-stop. So uh, basically, it's just as and when. But usually, if let's say we want to get the involvement of the youth, we usually look for interns. Uh, sometimes for specific programs. Um, but for volunteers, um, it's open anytime they do, uh, whenever we have programs, yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of volunteers, if someone wants to join as a volunteer, how do they, you know, do they contact you? Uh, they can contact us at talk at myharapan.org. And then um, if there are any programs, it depends on what type of volunteering work do, do they want to do. Do they mm-hmm. want to volunteer manage a program or do they want to volunteer as in become um, the participant, or you know, or even work oh. at my husband. So yeah. Oh, 
Ah, okay. I, I, I didn't know you can volunteer as a participant as well. That's very interesting. Ah, uh, sorry. It's also uh, as a participant, as in um, uh, during the program, they can volunteer as uh, be, to be part of that program, yeah. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Okay, that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, you know, is there any um, particularly like memorable story maybe you like to share with our listeners as well throughout your years working at My Harapan? Hmm, I don't know. I, I, okay, I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, okay, I think I would say, you know what? Uh, there's so much memorable stories at Marapan. Oh my god. You know, because, because, um, I think Marapan is a, a youth centric organization. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so we most of the time we do things and ensure that it's fun. Mm-hmm. Even when we do exhibitions, when we when we when we set up our when we have our booth set up at events, mm-hmm. we make it interesting. Whereby you know we uh, to introduce what is social business, we will you know conduct a treasure treasure hunt, for example. So instead of just the normal treasure hunt, this treasure hunt is more specific to doing and figuring things out that is related to social business, you know. So mm. there's so many interesting things. So um, maybe I would say one. Mm. Uh, I, I, I won't say interesting, but I would say like, uh, uh, the fact that, you know, when um, I, won't, I won't mention the name of the event, but mm. we, were, we were part of this a company who conducted a career fair event mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and we joined for the first two years uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh, no sorry not the first two years but we joined at least two years of the uh, event uh, that they conducted mm-hmm. um, the first time we joined that program at that booth we were the only ones who had colours it was so colourful we had candies <laughs> we had colorful bean bags. You know how career fairs are like, right? It's booth and then it's very sort of like serious. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So our booth were the only ones who had bean bags and colors and candies and whatnot, you know, but we make it fun because it's youth. And the next year when we joined the career fair again, I see a lot of other organization having been back at their booth as well. So I think that is interesting to see. <laughs> because because you get to gauge with the youth better because they come and hang out with you. You know, mm-hmm. we get to chat with them. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's it's quite nice to see how we actually created that trend. Because next year, <laughs> you completely can see that other booth had been back as well. That was nice, yeah. I mean, yeah, this... Impacts, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean... I won't say that that is interesting, maybe, but uh, this it's just nice to it's share memorable. that memorable, yeah. And there are there are many other stories to share, like, uh, but there's just there's just so many lah because it's youth can even mm-hmm. even at the office every Friday, um, you know, because we have a longer break, uh, the guys will go out and for the Friday prayers, so we'll hang out at the office during that Friday prayers because it's a break time. We'll set up our projector and watch movies together in the office, you know, and have, oh. have, have, um, you know, lunch together. So, yeah. That's nice. It's part of the work culture, but after the pandemic, everything's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I hope, I hope that, you know, since the pandemic, we are trying to ease back into normalcy right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll go back to normal soon, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, it's already started to be normal. It's just that some days we go to the office, uh, some days we still work from home. So hopefully, yeah. we'll see yeah. how because it's proven that we can work from home already. So I'm not so sure how. Yeah, but hopefully some sort of normalcy. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I guess my sort of my final question to you before we end things mm-hmm. off. Um. Aside from the programs that you mentioned before, Resistory and um, Ready, mm-hmm. and is there any other future plans that you like to share with our listeners? Uh, future plans, yeah, okay. Um, well, um, 
in terms of our future goals. We would like to see more maharapan, maybe in the regional areas, <laughs> in the regional <laughs> countries. I mean, regional countries, so that we can have, uh, you know, like-minded organization uh, that can work like us, you know, youth-centric, uh, developing youth through social entrepreneurship. So it can be having offices in different. Uh, different countries. It can also uh-huh. be working with partners in dif- from different, uh, you know, countries um, that has the same vision with us. So mm-hmm. that's awesome to see. Yeah, because at the moment our focus is Malaysia. We do have partners that we work with outside of Malaysia, but um, in terms of youth, we would like to see more youth participation and having the organization just like Maharapan for the youth. Yep. Yeah. I hope that you can achieve that um, in the next few years or so. <laughs> yeah, in the near future, yes. yes. Hopefully, yeah. let's target Indonesia and Thailand first, maybe because we already have our footing there. We've already done certain programs um, in those countries, so let's hope. Let's see mm-hmm. how it happens. Yep. Let's Hopefully, see. it happens. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, we have reached the end of our episode, so. Okay. Um, Thank you very much for joining us, and um, I great, I really enjoyed the conversation that we had, and I hope that you know our listeners feel the same way. So before we you know go off, um, mm-hmm. do you have like any final remarks? Yes, um, uh, for the listeners out there, if you are interested to know more about us, please follow us on our Facebook page. You can find out about our programs there. You can uh, contact us anytime via Instagram or Facebook or. You can email us at talk at myharapan m y h e r a p n dot o r g, and um, you know if you're interested in joining of uh, our program Seri or Ready, let us know. And uh, last but not least, um, we're looking for partners as well for the next three years. Hopefully, we are looking at green and young younger generations. Um, so uh, we're open for collaboration. Uh, let's explore uh, potential collaborations and partnerships. Please do contact us. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, if you are interested in being part of my harapan in one way or another, please feel free to contact them in their um, all their available channels. So, and um, thank you as well to our listeners for tuning in. And um, I hope to see you in our future episodes. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you all. Thanks, Emilia. And that was today's episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and leave a review. It would mean a whole lot to us. You can also head over to our website, thundercode.org, to gain access to our free digital resources. See you next time!